the, <clears throat> the uh, giving portal is at cchmd.com slash give, cchmd.com slash give. Hey, so for all those kids who are going to be participating in the various uh, youth classes, you guys can be uh, dismissed at this time as I uh, got a couple of announcements for the adults. Uh, uh, recently, we um, uh, went through uh, kind of an entire uh, lighting change. There's a, a program by the state of Maryland that we per- participate in uh, through our electric bill that allowed all of our uh, fluorescent lights to be turned into LED. So that's going to help us save some money in the long run. In the, in the meantime, we have a whole bunch of fluorescent light bulbs. Those are the long tubes uh, over in the multi-purpose room. So if you have fluorescent lights at your house and could use said tubes, um, knock yourself out uh, you know, to, to take them with you. And you know, if you're like, hey, I, I don't need them, but I can, I, can, I can dispose of them for you. You can help do that as well. But if you need them at home, uh, they are yours free for the taking. Uh, go ahead and, and, and gather those. We'll, we'll have those there for a couple of weeks, and then uh, we will be uh, um, uh, you know, figuring out what to do with them from there. So if you need fluorescent tubes, uh, go ahead and check those out and, uh, and see if they could help you at your house. Uh, if, uh, today we want to welcome those who are also joining us at home. Uh, I'm sorry, we will not be mailing them. So if you need, you probably need to be local to Hagerstown. And so if you live far away and you want fluorescent tubes, uh, you, you have to drive here to get them. But we, we'd love for you to tell us where you are viewing us from today, whether you're here in the house or, or at home. You can do that at cchmd.com slash connect. There's also a link there for the giving portal that you can click there. But we'd love for you to, to fill out the uh, connection card. And uh, just let us know where you are viewing us from today. If you're new, uh, my name is Mike. I'm one of the ministers here. And uh, we'd like, you can just, if you want, you can just simply text NEW to 240-347-0897. If you want to follow along with the sermon notes today, uh, they're on the Version Bible app. And uh, today, uh, today's sermon is called A New Allegiance. A New Allegiance. And so um, what's interesting about uh, what Jeff shared with us uh, this morning in regards to communion uh, he spoke from Colossians. We are going through the book of Ephesians. And Colossians and Ephesians are these uh, two, they're, they're often they're called the twin epistles uh, because there are two letters that Paul wrote to, to different churches in different areas, uh, but they say a lot of the same things. And so some of the stuff that Jeff already mentioned, you're going to say, that sounds a lot like Jeff spoke about just a few minutes ago. It's because it's kind of a similar section in Colossians and Ephesians. And so uh, it, it's, it's interesting to see how the Bible is its own best commentary, its own best uh, resource to understand itself. Because Paul and, and other writers, there's just so much that's interwoven throughout the entire pages of Scripture that help us get a better understanding of what God's uh, desire is for us. And so we're glad that you're here with us today. Before we get into today's sermon, let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your uh, great love for us. We thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for us. That, Father, you are our cornerstone, the rock on which we can build our life. Then you, we can stand strong. Father, we are thankful most of all that you welcome us as your sons and daughters. And though we are not perfect and though we are in process, Father, we are thankful that you walk with us each step of the way. That you, your, your desire for us is to grow and to become more like you. So, Father, help us in that journey. Help us in that, on that path. Help us as we look at your scripture today. Father, may we gain understanding. May we um, uh, find a clarity of thought and direction for our life that you, you might be glorified in us and through us so that we can change the community around us. God, you are so good. It's in your name I pray.
Did you know that uh, it takes anywhere generally from six months to a year to become a U.S. citizen? If you were not born a citizen and desire to become a citizen, there is a process through which you must go. Uh, there are uh, forms to fill out. There's fees to pay. There are, there are interviews that have to be conducted to determine if you're going to be given the opportunity to take the oath of allegiance. We, 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 we don't just let anybody come in and say, hey, I want to be a citizen. We want to, we want to make sure because there's actually a list of crimes that if you've committed these in your previous country that we say, um, yeah, you can't be one of our citizens. And I read through some of that list, and I'm like, wow, those, 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 are, some, those are some pretty wicked crimes. And, and, those, and far too uh, grievous for me to begin to name me, they say, if, if you're thinking what that crime might be on the list, you're probably right. You're, uh, uh, would we want one that? No, no, we, if that, that's, that's the type of person that we probably would not want as a citizen of our country. And so if you've committed one of those, if it's been proven that you've committed one of those, you cannot be... A citizen, you cannot, you're not welcome to, to join us here. Not everyone who wants to be a citizen can just walk in and be a citizen. What's interesting is there's also a process for us to become a citizen of the kingdom of God. Uh, uh, most of that process, thankfully, has already been done for us. So if we think about it, if we want to compare apples to apples, all the paperwork has been filled out, right? Jesus filled out all that paperwork for us at the cross. What's up for us is turn that paperwork and say, this is what I want for my life. We, we, but all that's left for us is to accept what has already been done for us, what has already been provided for us, is to accept that process. Say, hey, I want, I, I want to become a citizen of this new kingdom. I want, I, I want to be called a child of God. And so we're going to look a little bit at that today as we look at this new allegiance. But the, the, the difference between becoming a U.S. citizen, and a citizen of the kingdom of God, is it doesn't matter what your past holds. You could be a murderer and be welcomed in, like Moses. You can be an adulterer and be welcomed in, like David. You can be a liar and welcomed in, like Peter. We, no matter what our past holds, Jesus paid for it on the cross. So here's the new thing. Here's the thing about our new identity, about our new citizenship in the kingdom. Not only do we gain a new citizenship, but we also gain a new family. We gain a new family. We no longer are we just common people and common families. But no, no, no. We have been welcomed in, and we are now royalty because we have now been adopted into the king's family, and we are princes and princesses in this new kingdom. It's interesting when you go to someone's house. Uh, uh, oftentimes they have pictures of family, maybe on the wall, maybe in a, in a photo album. Uh, before my parents did some remodeling, we had this, this wall in our house. And it had like all these family pictures. It had my senior picture back when I had hair. And, 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 and my hair looks better now, I can just tell you that. And so there are all these pictures of all these things. And there's a family picture of us where my youngest brother was, was this chunky, fat little bag of flour in my mom's arms. And, and, and my great-grandma and great-grandpa were still alive. And, and there we were. We were standing at grandma and grandpa's house, and, and there's the entire foster family there. There's, so there's, you know, my brother's eyes are, are senior pictures, uh, uh, family pictures from here, uh, uh, you know, mom and dad here, all these different pictures. 
maybe at your house, you don't necessarily have the wall of fame. Maybe you've got a photo album out and, and people can flip through and you can go, oh, look, this is, this is back when you had color in your hair. This is when the kids were so young. And, and, this, and you can see the different events and experiences they went through with their friends and their family and places they went and things they did and, and things that they wanted to remember. You can see pictures of the family. People pass away and children are born and the family changes over the years, but the family is still the same. The family still remains. And God invites us to join his family. And as we join his family, it also comes with citizenship in his kingdom and a new identity, a new identity that is just perfect for you. So if you would, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22. Paul is continuing to elaborate on this new identity that is, is born in us, that is given to us as we enter into God's family. As he, he's talking to, to believers. He's talking to followers of Jesus. And so if today uh, you are far from God, if you've not yet chosen Jesus as your Savior, this is not yet your reality, but it can be. This can be who you are. This can be who you choose to become as you enter into this process. This is the process that is already been made ready. And Paul walks us through this reality. He taught to us that God knew our choice to choose him. He chose those who already chose him. And so God knew that choice beforehand. Before we even got to that point, he chose those who would choose him. And those who chose him, he would give to them the Holy Spirit as a down payment, as a deposit of our future inheritance. And we have access to this power, the power that raised Christ from the dead through his Holy Spirit that is given to those of us who believe. The grace purchased by Jesus on the cross. Because of the work of Jesus, because of our decision to follow Jesus, we now have access to this new family, this new identity, and this new citizenship in God's kingdom. Paul writes for us this. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision that done in their body by the hands of men. Remember though that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ for he himself is our peace who has made the two one has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law and its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to those who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by the one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together and become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. 
we can just read that and go home, right? And all those teaching the kids be like, oh, thank you. We were ready to go. Yeah. But there's a, there's a lot kind of there to unpack about our new identity, about this new allegiance that we have. And it's interesting. It starts off uh, talking about the two groups. The, the, the Gentiles, uh, they were marked by, actually, the Jewish people were marked by circumcision, right? God gave um, uh, Abraham this uh, sign of the covenant is that you will be recognized as my people because of this physical mark on your body. And the Gentiles, well, the other nations of the world, they didn't have this same covenant. And so as you can imagine, uh, after, as, as a church is born on Pentecost and goes forward and begins to go out into the Gentile world, uh, there's this confusion about do we need to be circumcised beforehand because that really could limit the commitment of, of at least part of the audience. And so Paul's like, hey, there are these two groups. You have the, those who were raised in uh, the, the, kind of a Jewish upbringing, and then you have like the everybody else. And so there's this hostility. Do we, do we have to become good Jews before we can become Christians? Can we, can we skip over that part? What is this? And so there's this tension between the two. There's this mixed audience that Paul goes to and he begins to speak to and teaches. And for a while, as you read through Scripture, it seems that God's main focus is on the Jewish people. We have the whole, more than half of our Bible is made up of the Jewish scriptures. And God has this special heart, this special uh, relationship with the children of Abraham. And he, 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 he loves them and he, and he leads them and he cares for them and protects them. He provides a home for them. And, and here's this land and, and we see uh, the good and bad. We see how they, uh, when, when they follow him, things go well. But when he, they don't follow him, things go off the rails. And God provides for them. But even as you read through the Old Testament scriptures, you see that God's heart is not just for the Jewish people, but always for the world. Abraham, through your seed, the whole world will be blessed. You read through the Psalms, and, and there's this heart for God, not just for the Jewish people, but for the world. You read, you read towards the end of Isaiah, and all the nations are being brought for God. God widens the scope. He shares his heart for the nations as he always intended for it to be. For Jesus, it wasn't so. It seemed that God was, salvation came first for the Jew, first for Abraham's family, and then for the Gentiles, then for the world. And Paul says, remember that there was a time, there was a time that you were on the outside. You were looking, you were excluded from the citizenship. You were on the outside looking in. You were, you were not part of the inside crowd. And then he turns the corner. And he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have now been brought near by the blood of Christ. Brought near. We were, we were separated. We, we had a citizenship in another country. We had citizenship of a, in another group. We were apart from him, but now, <clears throat> now we've been brought near. We once were separated, but we now have this new citizenship. We, we once did not have access to the covenants and the promises of God, but now through the blood of Jesus, we do. There's a, a new covenant. Remember, upper room, uh, uh, 
there's Jesus with his disciples. He, they're, they're doing the Passover, and, and he, he takes the cup, and the cups had, had meanings in the Passover meal. And Jesus, this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. I'm going to die. My blood is going to be poured out. And a new covenant is going to be made between God and his people. One not just with the children of Abraham. One with the children of the world. Abraham's family and everybody else. And so we all get welcomed in to have the opportunity to participate in this family. And it seems like each week as we go through, as we're going through the book of Ephesians here, that we keep coming back to the same point. That it's about the crucifixion, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And it's true because that, without it, our faith is futile. Paul will write that to the, the, the Corinthians. He says, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still dead in your sins. And so we keep coming back to the same point. That if Jesus doesn't die, we're still hopelessly lost. We're still separated from God. We still are stuck in our old identity, our old way, our old way of thinking. But now in Christ, now things are different. Now there's this this hope, this opportunity, this, this, this change that can come. We can have this new allegiance to a new country, to a new kingdom, a new citizenship, a new identity. Because without blood, there is no forgiveness. Without resurrection, we have no hope of being raised at all. Everything hinges on the resurrection. And because Jesus has been raised from the dead, the whole game changed. Why is it so significant? He is our peace. He is our peace. Without the death of Jesus, we're still in conflict with God. Without the sacrifice of Jesus, our sin still puts us at odds and at war with God. We are still God's enemies. We're still sinners. We're still far from him. But through his blood, we have peace with God. And through that, he has made the two groups one. And the two groups one. He tore down the dividing wall. Jesus ushers in this new covenant, one based on his life, his death, his res- resurrection. And in this piece, he's united these two groups who once were at odds. The Jews would call the Gentiles dogs. They were, they were somehow inferior because of their uh, non-Jewish heritage. But God says, no, 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 you have the same value. Because I created you both. You're unique in your own way. And I love you both. And I showed you the death of Jesus. And by his death, by his resurrection, he destroyed the barrier. Which is particularly interesting. Because Paul writes this from prison. He writes this from prison because he's been imprisoned because word had it that he took a Gentile into a part of the temple where Gentiles were no longer, were not allowed to go. The original temple, the, the, the temple of, of Solomon, uh, it had one large court and the, pretty much the only division was the place where the Levites could go to do uh, the, the, their service in the, in the temple itself and then all the court. Well, when Babylon comes in and destroys Jerusalem and destroys Solomon's temple, and then they come back and they rebuild the temple. When, when Herod b- rebuilds the temple, he builds it with all these other courts. There's a 
court of the Gentiles. This is where all the, a lot of the, 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 the commerce of the day was. This is where Jesus overturns the temples, the, 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 the tables of the money changers and the, and the uh, merchants. Past that, there was a, a, a court of women and everyone, could, you know, all Jewish people could be in there. And that's where they often had the, the offering uh, uh, buckets for, for, for people to put in their, their alms and their, 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 their financial tithes to help the temple. And then beyond that was the court of the men. And that's where all the Jewish men could go. And then beyond that was where, where the Levites would serve. And someone said that Paul brought one of his Gentile friends past the court of the Gentiles and into a place where only Jews could go. So he's arrested. Paul goes, it's, it's interesting. Because Jesus tore all that down. Word had that when, when he died, the, the, the curtain that, that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That God was no longer going to live in a temple built by the hands of men, but he's going to live in the hearts of his people. Jesus destroyed the barrier between God and men. He was going to live with his people. God was no longer going to be kept inside of a temple he was going to live among his people. And in his body, Jesus put to death, laid aside its, the law and its commands and regulations. He put an end to the old covenant and established a new one. One that was based upon him. One that was better in every way. He, his death would be the last sacrifice. No longer would they have to come to, to, to God with animals to sacrifice before him. No other blood would be required. And now both Jew and Gentile could come before God and form one new humanity. Humani- that's a hard word to say. Humanity. Not two separate groups of people. We have to remember, it's only through Jesus that we have access to the Father by the Spirit. Right? Remember the lamp? The lamp did no good unless it was connected to the power cord, which is connected to the wall. We're not connected to God. We cannot then shine his light through us into our dark world. And so the access that we have to the spirit is through Jesus. And as we are connected to him, then God shines his light through us. The Holy Spirit is what connects us to God. You, as I was reading, something came to me here. So he came to preach peace to those who were far away and peace to those who were near. Those who were far away were many of us. Most of us in here probably don't have very much Jewish heritage in our blood. We are the ones who are far away. We are the ones who uh, did not know of God and his love. We are the ones who did not know about his covenant and his promise to his people. If you notice that he also had to come to preach to those who were near. Because the Old Testament scriptures were to prepare them to a point. To prepare them for the coming of Jesus. But the Old Testament scriptures in and of themselves would not save them. They still needed a savior. They still needed Messiah to come. So they still needed that missing piece. And some of them accepted. 
any of the apostles. I think of the, the, the 120 or so who were in the upper room there on the day of Pentecost. You think of, of those who, who came, the 3,000 who were saved on the day of Pentecost. You think about those who, who were saved in the days and weeks and months to follow that. They grew, the church grew so fast that all of a sudden Luke can no longer write down a number because they, they were just rapidly meeting people and, and they were accepting Jesus and becoming believers. These were all those who he's preaching to those who were near. And then he calls Paul. Paul, who was trying to stop the preaching to those who were near. And he then says, hey, Paul, I'm going to release you. Preach to those who are far away. And all of a sudden, that baton gets passed on down through the ages. And here we find ourselves today in Hagerstown, Maryland, and, and wherever our video takes us. Preaching to those who are far away. The good news and grace of Jesus. And consequently, we are no longer foreigners. We're no longer strangers. We're no longer aliens. We're no longer on the outside looking in. But now we are members of the family. No, we're no longer outsiders. We're no longer unknown, but we are known and part of God's family. I have to ask, doesn't it feel good to be part of a family? It's one of the strengths of our body here is the family kind of connection we feel for the, with, with those who are who join us in the house. One of the things that we miss and we lack with those who are viewing us from afar. And so, but we, 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 we try the best we can to incorporate that same sort of family feeling, either by video or, or even here in the house. Part of a family. If you think about uh, maybe a family you married into. For a while, you kind of feel like maybe the outsider. You feel like, you know, like you're, you're the newbie and there's all the inside jokes and all the, the old stories and, 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 and you're kind of trying to figure out, yeah, where, where do I fit in this new family, this new tribe? Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden there's a moment when it kind of clicks and you realize that you're no longer an outsider, but you're part of the family. That, that the, this new group of people love you and that you've become a member of their you know, of their tribe, of their people, that they are your tribe and your people. So maybe you're, mar- you're, you're family by blood. Maybe you're family by marriage. But I think in our transient culture, there's also another kind of family by relationship. You know those friends who are as close as family? Maybe we can call them family. Yeah, they're just those people that you're like, we're not blood and we're not married, but you're my people. And, and we are as close as family. They're those deep personal connections that seem even closer than blood. And now we have that same mutual bond with others in Jesus. What's the key to a good life? Good family, a a good career, anything, is having the right foundation. I'm, we're in the, in the throes of baseball season. So I'm coaching Josiah's team. And so we're, we're playing. I got six, six-year-olds and seven-year-olds and eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds. And, and every practice is kind of the same thing. Here's how you catch the ball. And here's how you throw the ball. I want to return you to your parents at the end of practice, at the end of every game, in one piece. And we've only bloodied one nose this year. And that's 
had nothing to do with me, had everything to do with the ground. We, we were playing on this goat path, and, uh, and the ball took a wrong turn and just bopped this six-year-old right on the nose. He was doing the right thing. We went, oh, I was, I was waiting for him to catch the ball, and the ball hits this. It was like, right, Rick. No concussion, no broken nose. And his mom's like, but this is no straight. I'm vain like that. Like, because it only hurts when I push real hard. Well, don't push real hard, right? But the beginning of every baseball season, what we do, you go back over the fundamentals. You got to build on the right foundation. The same is true with faith. That we have to build our foundation on the apostles and the prophets. That's, that's scripture. And all of scripture points to Jesus because Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the one we build our life around. If you're building a house, if you're building a building, if you're, if you're doing anything, you got to know the point from which you're measuring everything from. And from there, everything lines up. We pull everything from that point. And that point in our life is Jesus. That if we don't point everything back to him, our life is going to go off the rails. Things will not fit. But when we come back to him as the cornerstone, as the central point, everything falls into alignment. Too many times people think, oh, God's just the God of rules. He's the one who's just there telling me what I can and can't do. But what we don't realize, what they don't realize, is that he is the one who put our life together so he knows how life works best. And so when we walk away from him, that's where we find our trouble and that's where we find our struggles. I kind of like picturing it like this. God, we're members of God's family. We live in God's house, and God has this huge backyard. You got this fence. We got to know where the boundary is. And God says, anything in the backyard is good. Do whatever you want in the backyard. All this activity you can do in the backyard is great. And so God sits there, and he looks out the kitchen window, and he sees his kids playing in his backyard, and it makes him happy. But then he sees us and others climbing over the fence. Sometimes, you know, if you've, played, if you've played baseball in the backyard, sometimes you have to climb over the fence because you hit a home run, right? You hit a foul ball. You go, it went over there. But, but not that kind of backyard. We look, in the, we look over there and we see, what, we see the activities that are in, in that yard. We go, well, maybe I want to do some of that. I'm over there. Oh, I'm... See some activities over here. I see some stuff over here. Maybe I want to go over there and do some of that. And when we go out of God's backyard, that's called sin. God says, I've given you this big backyard. Do everything, all the activities you can do in here, they are good and pleasing and honoring and they make me happy. But when we begin to base our life on things that happen on the outside of God's backyard, that's where sin comes in. Some people have found sin to be good. They've believed the lie. They've believed the poison. So, so instead, we, they build their life on another foundation. And so everything from this text, everything from this section, points us to this fact that we need to build our life on the right foundation. Not one based on sin. Not believing the poison that's found their way into their heart. We're, because wherever sin exists, so does our suffering. Where sin is present, we begin to see things come undone. There is hope only in building our life on Jesus and forming our life around his teaching 
packed into teaching the apostles and the prophets. Because all of scripture continues to point itself back to Jesus. All of the Old Testament points ahead to his coming. All of the New Testament tells us of his life and points back to his teaching. Points back to his life. Points back to his sacrifice. Everything revolves around him. That in him we are becoming a building that is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Not in us. There's nothing in us that would hold that together. We are broken. We are fallible. We are sinful people. Only the perfect son of God and only a restored relationship with him can give us this new citizenship, can give us this new family, only because he bore our sin on the cross so that those of us who are far away can be brought near. Only through his blood can we have and know peace. And only through his sacrifice can we become this holy temple. Not a physical temple, not a building, just a picture. They were built together to form his body. That we, in and of ourselves, we need to be connected to others around us. So we represent Christ to the world. But also, that God now chooses to live in the hearts of his people. You don't have to come to a building to feel God's presence. Wherever you are, there the church goes with you. We are not any more the church in this building than we can be when we leave here. We gather together for strength. We gather, gather together for encouragement. We, we, we gather together to remember because sometimes when we leave, we forget where that boundary is. And we cross into the, back, other back, the other backyard. We begin to do things that we know we shouldn't do. We need to be reminded what's key and what's central and what's important. We need to be encouraged and strengthened because sometimes Sometimes the storms come. And when the storms come, we can't see that North Star. We lose our alignment. We lose our way. Sometimes we need to be reminded, here's the path. Here's the right way to go. Because we're part of our family. We are connected to one another. Being connected, to get to, being connected together, all of a sudden, we can do more things together than we can separate. And so we, we gather together with other believers and we, maybe we, we go and we, we, we serve alongside one another to, to meet a need in our community. And all of a sudden they begin to see the body of Christ, those who live and love him being built together to serve those around them. That phrase being built reminds us that we are still in process. Reminds us that we are not yet perfect. That there's still work that needs to be done. That Jesus made peace through his death on the cross, but the battle is not yet done. The war has been won. But sin still battles for our life and the lives of those around us. So the question becomes, do we continue to let sin have its way? Or will we let Jesus fully join us into his family. See, the choice is ours. Because God never forces us to choose him. 
He never forces us into a relationship. It is always our free will. God chooses those who chose him. Give them a new identity. To give them this new citizenship. To welcome them into his family. We are saved by grace. Set apart and marked by the Holy Spirit. That we belong to Jesus. Maybe today. Maybe today you say you you would say that you find yourself outside of God's family. That you've not chosen him as your savior. Maybe today you want to accept him by his grace. Maybe today you want to choose peace. You're still your your life is still at war with God. You can choose to join his family and accept his offer of grace and choose to make Jesus your lord. And your Savior. This is your desire today. We want to celebrate with you. We want you to let us know so we can help you in your faith journey, that we can help you uh, take the steps you need to make Jesus your Savior. Would you let us know about your decision today? You can fill out the connection card there at cchmd.com slash connect and mark the box that says become a Christian. Uh, maybe uh, you, you, you just want to text the word life. You can also just text the word life to 240-347-0897. See, if you're looking for a better life, if, if you're looking for uh, some, something to build your life on, a foundation, a, 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 a reference point for everything in your life to line up, Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the one in whom we trust. He's the one in whom... We base our life on, do we get it right all the time? No, we get out of alignment a lot. But only in him can we find our peace. Only in him can we find our direction. Only in him can we find our hope. For he is our peace. He's made the two one. He preached peace to those who are far. Peace to those who are near that we might live at peace with God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the hope that we have, hope that's found in Jesus. Father, we thank you for the peace that you've given us through uh, Jesus' death on the cross. We thank you for the hope that we have because of his resurrection. Father, we pray that you would work in us and through us to shine your light to the world. Lord God, you're so good. Lord, you help us build our life upon you. Everything we do and everything we say would point back to you. Father, would you help us commit to this new allegiance, this new family, this new identity, this new citizenship we have with you in your kingdom, that we might help others become part of your family as well. Father, they may know the peace that we have, the hope that we have, that through all the storms of life, they may walk at one with you. Father, we thank you for Jesus. In his name I pray. Glad that you've joined us today. We uh, uh, pray that you would uh, uh, have a great week and uh, that we'd see you again next Sunday. And if you're here in the house, you want to wish Miss Loretta Shade a happy birthday. It's her birthday this weekend. And she's 29 years young again. And so... Have a great day. We'll see you guys next Sunday.